Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, happy hump day, everybody. It's funny, gas went down five cents a liter and people are like, oh shit, gotta go get gas. No, gotta, gotta go get that before they change their mind. Still- <laughs> well, I, I trust nobody, so I hear you guys. I'd go get it before they change their mind too. I, I hear there's another increase coming at the end of the week. We will wait and see if that happens. Nothing's better than, than a nice gas bill for dad for Father's Day. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, is anyone traveling to see dad? Driving, I mean, a fair distance? Oh, well, you know what? Speaking of traveling to see dad... In this episode, we will talk about the mandates that got lifted yesterday. However, they're such fucking assholes. They know. And part of the reason that they're eliminating these mandates is because there's so many people who unfairly can't travel to see family and friends. It's Father's Day weekend. They're not making this effective until the day after Father's Day. So you can't even fly home and see your dad for Father's Day. It's such... BS. Mm-hmm. In any case, let's talk a little bit about dad. We did this yesterday and, and we're going to do it again today because yesterday I thought, oh, well, I don't have to stress at all about what to get my dad for Father's Day because Canadian Tire to the rescue. I was actually shocked at this email that they sent out. It was, here's all the gifts that dad will love for Father's Day. And I thought, yeah, my dad likes Canadian Tire. That's good. Okay, here, hit me, Canadian Tire. What do you got? And they broke it down into sections. Here's some great gift ideas for dad that are under $25. And here's some great gifts for dad that are uh, 50% off. I started looking through it. I honestly thought that they they hired somebody or, or used somebody in their marketing department to curate a list of all kinds of different things that are great deals that would be good for dad. Nope. In the section... Great gifts, $25 and under? It's everything they've got in the store that's under $25. So when I look at the list, <laughs> am I seriously going to give dad a 16-pack of AAA batteries for Father's Day? Am I going to buy dad a 22.6-kilogram bag of bird seed for $19.99? <laughs> hey, dad's like birds, some of them. Seriously. Oh, hey, Dad, happy Father's Day. Here's some microfiber towels. It's a 36-pack. Enjoy. You can clean up all your messes with it. <laughs> it's practical, though. It's pra- You know what gets me? It's not even like stuff like that. Like that does, you know what? Fine. At least you know when you walk your ass into Canadian Tire, you're probably going to find something your dad will like. Maybe it's none of those things that they suggested, and I do agree with you. You should probably come up with like a, I don't even know who, I don't know, like a guide for it, someone who knows what they're what they're doing to come up with some good solutions. My problem is like when when Giant Tiger comes out with a Father's Day deal, you know, like, oh, oh, yeah. you know, and there's some stuff. Okay, maybe fine. But it's like the stores that you wouldn't think that's the go-to Father's Day spot, right? That's where I'm like, 
okay, yeah, I guess I could go pick up some uh, Schneider's meat sticks for dad. I could do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad they're on sale. That's the ones that get me. They really have zero to do with it. Like, hey, dad, happy Father's Day. Come to Freshco and buy your dad some stuff. Okay, burgers. Like, I understand. You need barbecue. But I'm looking through flyers here with Father's Day deals. Why don't uh, they? I don't know. Why, why don't they take the time to actually create a list of things that dads might like? People would probably go and buy those items because the thinking is done for them. I can't go to my dad's place on Sunday with a a fucking Yardworks rear trigger adjustable watering gun. You should. What the fuck is he gonna do with that? <laughs> for sorry, nine ninety nine. Look, Dad, it was half off. Now you can. Water even more. No, I'm not going to do that. Come on. It's better than like a pet store trying to tell you Father's Day gift. This is where you should shop for Father's Day. What the fuck? It's ridiculous. And half the things that they want you to get or they say, oh, dad would love it. Yeah, maybe dad would like it, but it's really expensive. I'm not buying dad a new air conditioner. Give me a fucking break. (laughs) And you should install it. Oh, Kat, you know what Canadian Tire says your dad would like for Father's Day? A one-handle pull-down kitchen faucet, and it's on sale for $70. Come on. That's wild. Just put in the effort here, guys. Come on. Work a little harder, and you will probably find a lot more success. Uh, It was your daughter's birthday yesterday, and you posted some great pictures. How was Jacqueline's first manicure? It was was fantastic. I went, uh, so I picked her up from school early and she she liked that she thought that was exciting so that's good and then took her right to the to the nail salon and just set her up with a manicure and by manicure I mean like really light manicure she's five so you know just the polish that whole thing and I was getting my nails done too next to her and I realized how much she liked it when it came time for her to pick her color that was like from the beginning she her face was glowing looking at this wall of I don't know if you have you ever you've been inside one before right you've gotten manicures before so you've at least glanced at the wall of nail polishes well I get more of a manicure right right so you, yeah it, it's very rough and they, they kind of treat you like shit and like stop biting your nails here you go get out of here yeah you don't want nail polish right okay good fuck off so for a lot of people I think the the wall of nail polish is overwhelming and the place that we were at literally had a that was their decor basically polishes so they said to her and I thought oh she's gonna she might be overwhelmed I don't know but this is the difference between my kid and maybe others who would be overwhelmed she went right to the wall of nail polishes and was like oh, I only can I can only pick one oh no I, I can't I want to pick more than one so they let her pick a few different colors sparkles were a must so she got sparkly she got a pink and then a hotter pink and so her nails kind of faded into a hot pink it went from glitter then she got stickers with hearts on them underneath the sparkle and then she got sparkly red hot pink it was anyway she was in heaven so mid midway through okay she's just finishing up her nails I'm almost done mine she looks behind her and she's like mom we got to do that. It was uh, the pedicure chairs. Oh, she wanted to soak her feet. Yeah. So someone was, a few people were there getting pedicure at the same time. I want to do that. I was like, yeah, um, well, we don't have time today. And then I reluctantly was like, mommy's going to go for a pedicure soon. Do you want to, ah. you want to come with me? Yes. So I think I've created an addiction. Yeah. An expense, a not, a not a cheap one. No. No. Okay, so, so yeah. <laughs> how long do you figure until she says, Mommy, my nails need to be redone? Yeah. Let's she, go. Oh, she will. 
She'll ask to go again for sure. The good thing is, like, it, it's not as expensive as, like, the the nails that, you, that I get done. Hers are much cheaper than I. But still, yeah, special occasions. As long as I let her know now, it's fine. But it was a really good day. And then we went out to dinner at uh, Jack Astor's. And, and that was a fun time. This, her, you know, they did the whole song and, and stuff for her. So uh, she was very, she was very yeah. happy. And then she got all of her presents. So it was a good day. Really good day. And her birthday party is coming up this weekend. So it's going to be... More to come. I love it. Okay. Well, happy birthday to your daughter. Um, The Transportation Safety Board has finally come out with a report into something that we were all very concerned about before COVID. It was March the 7th, 2020. There was a serious incident at Pearson Airport. (laughs) Wait a minute. There was a time before COVID? I don't don't even remember what you're talking about. I I know exactly (laughs) what you mean. March the 7th, 2020. There was a serious incident at Pearson Airport, and people were legitimately concerned. Like, what the hell happened here? This could have been catastrophic. And then COVID hit, and it just kind of sort of fell to the wayside. Well, now the TSB is out with their report about what happened when an Air Canada plane almost hit another Air Canada plane on the runway at Pearson Airport. So here's what happened, according to the report. There was an Air Canada Embraer 190 jet. It had just begin to, begun to take off down the runway. There was a bird strike. It made a radio call to say it was going to abort the takeoff. But the investigation found the call didn't get heard by air traffic control oh. or the crew of the Air Canada Boeing 777 lined up right behind them. <gasps> Don't you wait for like confirmation of them getting the note? Well, I mean, most of the time, if a plane's lined up and ready to go and they're cleared for takeoff and they, they head down the runway, they're good. They're gone. In this case, though, they weren't gone. And it doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. Yeah. But like, wouldn't you? OK, so if that was me, hey, bird strike, we're going to chill on the runway for a second. And then no one responded to me. I'd be like, hello, is anybody hearing me? Wouldn't you like want to make sure that somebody knew for sure that you were sitting there? You would I'm think. not going to pretend to know. I'm not going to pretend to know. I do not work in an airport, nor have I ever worked in an airport. But I would think that maybe I would want to double check someone heard me. Well, air traffic control had already moved on to dealing with the next plane in queue. That was an Air Canada 777, like I said. It was lined up, and it was ready to go. It began accelerating when, fortunately, the pilot of that 777 looked down the runway and saw... The other plane is still on the runway. Holy shit. So what went wrong here, and part of the reason that they didn't trigger an obvious full stop here on the runways, is the Embraer, the first plane that never took off, did get past 50 knots. Once it accelerated past 50 knots, all of the transponder equipment just assumed that it was in the air. It didn't actually calculate the altitude which would have been zero because it oh, wasn't off the ground. Gotcha. So if it wasn't for that other Air Canada pilot that just happened to literally look down the road and see, oh, shit, there's another plane there. We better report this takeoff. He did stop the takeoff and before anything catastrophic happened. So since this report came out, Nav Canada has already published an urgent bulletin reminding all Toronto Tower personnel to monitor such situations closely. In other words, they want the people in the tower that have got that bird's eye view of the whole airport to use their bird's eye view and see what the fuck's going on down there. To look. Well, this is a good example of us taking technology, 
I mean, the way that we do, we, we really assume that technology will have us, right? And that's a good reminder and wake-up call that it's not perfect. That sometimes it, it can be technical error and not human error, and we do have to use our human senses in order to get stuff done and get it done right and not kill people. So that's good. That kind of worries me a little bit, a little that, bit. That, can ha- that that can happen. I mean, I, I w- again, I, I don't know anything about it, but the f- I wasn't aware that that could happen. So I suppose in any in any scenario, technology could kind of fail you in that way. You know what I feel like is missing from air travel? When you're on a plane right now, you're flying around and you've got your window presumably right beside you and you've got the screen. On the screen, you can see the map of where you are, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of wish there was a camera on the front of the plane. Any other time we travel, you look forward out the window. You can see through the windshield. I'd kind of like to be able to see what's going on out the front of the plane. So if they could just mount like a GoPro or something like that, maybe there'd be a channel that you can see what's ahead. There's all kinds of planes in the sky. Pilots see other pilots all the time. They throw them a wave, a few thousand feet away. How you doing? And they carry on. I'd like to be able to see that too. I think it'd be a neat addition for planes. Well, there's, and and there's so many ways that you could make that kind of fun for the people sitting there. I know it's not fun sitting on an airplane, but you know that shitty map that they give you to show you whereabouts you are? They could just add that to the map, right? And, And that could be an option to look at. Like, oh, let's see what's happening in front of us. Probably most of the time, nothing. It's going to be like cloud. So it's going to be like a gray view. But every now and again, you do get a nice view. And it's shit when you're not sitting in a window seat, you know, taking in the view. Mm-hmm. Like if, when you're landing, I mean, when you're landing and taking off, there are some beautiful views that you're going to miss. It'd be kind of cool to not just get the front view. Why don't we get the side views of this, too? So that even when you're not in a window seat, you still get a window view. Yeah. I'd love to be able huh? to see behind the plane, in I front d- of the plane. It'd be cool. I bet you like the, uh, what's the flight that's super luxury? United Arab Emirates. Yes. That's who it is. I bet you they have that just because they probably, they're, they're, they scream luxury. You can probably watch that in the shower during yes. your flight. Yes. And then when you're laying down in your full queen bed <laughs> while you're still on the flight, you could probably watch it. It probably pops up on a ceiling for you. Yeah, those maps that they give you, you're right, they are shitty. But part of the reason they're shitty is because they always focus on cities that are otherwise fairly irrelevant. I mean, I've been flying on approach to Pearson, and and they'll highlight, oh, on the map, there's Meaford. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. But why wouldn't you highlight Orangeville or Barrie that are on either side of Meaford? Yeah, who creates the map? I have no the, idea where that the, comes from. One company probably did it a long time ago, and they used the same one because it does look outdated the last time i was on a plane anyway it's been a few years but they look so outdated to me i just feel like technology could make it we're paying all these prices anyway people is what i'm saying like it's ridiculous right now why don't we at least get something cool to look at learn a little something too while we're at it what is the tortilla challenge and why the fuck are people agreeing to get slapped across the face with a tortilla wrap it's like i feel like if you're doing it and i haven't done it yet it would be kind of funny but when you watch someone do it it looks stupid Here's what it is. And it's, I, I suppose you could call it something that's trending now. I don't know if it's trending just because someone said it's trending. So now it is because radio and TV people are getting a hold of it. But okay, so here it is. So let's say you and I are going to do the tortilla challenge. You're going to take a swig of your coffee there. You're going to hold it in your mouth. or co- It's supposed to be water, but whatever. You hold that in your mouth. I take a swig of my water. I hold it in my mouth. Okay, don't swallow it. Just keep it in your mouth. Then we take tortillas. That's a weird soft, thing to say to anybody I know, ever. I know. Don't swallow it. So- Keep it in <laughs> Soft tortilla shells, okay? We each have one in our hand, and we take turns slapping each other across the face with it. So I'd slap you with it, and maybe you'll laugh. And if you spit out your water and you laugh, 
You lose. Oh. Who really loses, though? Because if you spit your water out at me... You lost when you tried to do a fucking TikTok yeah, challenge. I, I that, that, that's losing. That's would, a loss. I wouldn't consider myself a winner if you spit water in my face because I slapped you in the face and it made you laugh to the point where you spit water in my face. I think everyone's a loser at the end of this game. But that is what the tortilla challenge is. Maybe this is something you'd want to do for fun with your family. I could see this being a thing. You know, like, let's do this. And people do it like teenage kids and stuff because the, the, yeah, the preteens would think it's kind of funny, probably. So go ahead. Do it in the backyard. Just do me a favor, though. Don't waste food. Use those tortilla shells for dinner. Everybody gets their own tortilla shell. Could you switch it up and use like a hard taco and just beat the shit out of them? Yeah, and you, you don't like someone. No, really. It's, it's called the Lysol Bottle Challenge. Come over here. Uh, a couple of quick things here. The age when we feel the sexiest is 53. Wow. Okay. Have you heard of that dating app, Our Time? The one for seniors? Yeah, I have heard of this. So they polled a whole bunch of their users. They were all 50 and older. And they found that out of all those people, the vast majority felt their sexiest in their early 50s. They say that was the time when people were most comfortable in their own skin and gave zero fucks about what other people thought. Yeah. Which is kind of nice to think about if you're not at that age yet or not even close to that age. Like, oh, okay, so eventually I will feel sexy. That's good. They also pointed out there's a lot of celebrities that really reached their their peak when they were in and around 53. So celebrities that are 53 now, Jennifer Aniston, Owen Wilson, Mariah Carey, Hugh Jackman, Jason Bateman, Kate Blanchett, Paul Rudd, all 53 years ah. old. Paul Rudd's the sexiest man alive yeah. at 53. Sure. So, hey, maybe there's something to it. There's a strange crime that's been committed here, everybody. Somebody stole a house. And the police found the house because it's a house. This happened in Leamington, southwestern Ontario. Sometime late last week, somebody who I have to assume had a big truck or a flatbread pulled up to a property and took the tiny house to their own property and dropped it there like, fuck you, that's my house now. They stole a house. I don't know how you, you'd have to have some confidence to roll up to a property that has a tiny house on it and be like, yeah, I want that. Like, there's no mistaking it. It's not for sale. No. Right? There wasn't like a for sale sign or a take me home or anything like that on it. Any chance that they thought, well, they left it on the curb, so it's garbage. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a dollhouse, right? That's mm. nothing. It's a pet house. I. Uh, so did they catch the people that did it? No. Actually, police are asking for the public's assistance in Leamington but, to try and track down who did it because, like I said, they found the house, but nobody was there. I, Somebody stole the house and put it on their own property. But that's the thing is whose own property is that? We don't know. They don't even know? I Maybe the cops Nobody know. knows whose property that is. Like, I just feel like you can't get away with this. Like, anyway, you slice it, try to figure out a way to get away with it. Unless you're driving that tiny house way out of province, maybe even out of the country. How do you even get across the border, though? So out of the province, let's say. That's the only way you could potentially get away with it. Because if you plunk it on the land there, maybe nobody asks questions and nobody's looking for a tiny house. No one's like, hey, we're missing a tiny house, people. You don't even look into that that news story from a different place. But how do you... Assume you're going to get away with something like that. How do you get caught? What, what time did this happen? Middle of the night? I'm just trying to, like, if you if I drive down the s- street and I see someone with a tiny house on their flatbed, am I supposed to, like, call somebody and be, like, just double-checking this is actually this person's house? <laughs> what if there was someone inside on the mini toilet going, help me! <laughs> 
Hey! <laughs> <laughs> he forgot me! I'm in here! That's another reason why tiny houses freak me out. I don't like it. I don't want it. No, sir. I'd be like, I could be just like having a nice nap and then somebody picks me up and drives me away. No, thanks. It, and why did they just abandon it? Like if the point was to live in it, they just like left it there? I think they had probably wanted to use it as like a vacation property and they just went home. <laughs> So now they're going to come back and the house they stole is they're going to think it got stolen again. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's just so crazy. Those tiny houses, though, I know they're called tiny houses. And compared to some big houses, yeah, they are tiny, but they're livable. There's people that live oh, yes. in those houses. Oh, some people like strive to live in a tiny house, like really want to because they don't they want to make a smaller, you know, imprint. And it's obviously duh, money is a main thing because it's expensive to live right now in a house. So a tiny house is I know people who want to live in a tiny house. So we're like, I think I want to get a tiny house. But I think it's harder when you come from a bigger house or a regular, I should say just like an average size house into a tiny house. That's where I'd have a problem. I don't know if the room would be the problem for me. I think it would just be finding an area to put it. You can buy a tiny house for under 50 grand. You just need some land to put it on. And obviously then you need to build a road access and plumbing and all that sort of stuff. But you can do this very, very cheap. Or there's a lot of municipalities that have cleared the way for people to put a tiny house on their property and rent it out. I could see myself living in a tiny you house. Think so? In fact, I might end up that way. Our contracts are almost up, so <laughs> I, I don't know. We might have to do like tiny house uh, condos or a row of them or something like that. Have you seen Is that a thing? Yeah. Have you seen the houses they're making out of shipping containers? Yeah. Those are actually really cool. It's neat. I'm just trying to figure my, myself in that li- in that life. I don't know. Maybe one day. I think for a vacation. I could we test it out? Is there like a test trial? Is there like a trial period for, for these kinds of things? I just don't know how I feel about like folding down a bed beside where I take a shit. Like I don't, I don't, you know, or, or eating next to my shower. It's kind of all weird for me. I think in some cases. Or you get used to it? I think you would get used to it. I don't think it's any smaller than most of the condos that are going up everywhere anyway. This is a house at ground level and you can just come and go as you please. I think there's a lot of advantages to it. It's not that perfect suburban house with the picket white fence and all that shit but if you just want a place to live that's cheap this is a good way to get into the market i don't know how many people though are setting up tiny houses on their property maybe we need tiny house subdivisions with tiny roads and tiny cars and tiny people (laughs) like that's the thing is it's just so that's great tiny little bakery you know what that's great and i think for a lot of a lot of especially single people right that's probably going to be the key, right? There's going to be a lot of single people or can you live like, I just don't, is there room to spread out if you're, if they're with more than one person? Like, I don't know. I don't know enough about tiny houses. I've never been inside one before, but I have so many questions, but I feel like a row of tiny houses, that would be kind of nice, especially for those single people who don't want to pay the price for like a full, you know, two bedroom, you know, unit or whatever it might be. I love that it's an option. I'm just so curious. I kind of want one. Well, I know I need to like, like on I, my property, you, but I'd use it as like a guest house or an in-law suite well, well, or something. That's the uh, you know what? And that's cool. I'd be down with that. But that's my problem. And that's where the problem lies is like I would use it as that. But I don't I don't want it for me. But it is a good extra source of income, I suppose. And it's cheaper for the person living there. So what if let's say 15, 20 years from now, your girls are go, going to university. They're adults now, but they're nothing has changed. First homes are way too unaffordable. Would you consider building a shack at the end of your driveway for your kids to live in? 
It's so weird, right? I, do, I mean, no, I wouldn't. To answer your question, Would no. you move into it and let them have yeah, the house? No. <laughs> Hell no. Don't say no. no. You don't know what's going to happen. No. <laughs> I could see myself doing that. I, I think it'd be neat to have one. Um, you ever ordered a pizza or any food when you were drunk? I think we can all raise our hand to that, can't we? I think everybody yeah. is being dishonest guilty, if they don't. Guilty, Guy is actually giving credit to Papa John's because he ordered a pizza when he was drunk and completely buggered this thing up. And Papa John's got the order perfectly. On Reddit, the guy explains he had just placed an order and he used the delivery app. He'd been out at the pub and had some drinks and he was craving a barbecue meat feast pizza. Now, that's supposed to feature a barbecue sauce base topped with mozzarella with bacon, ham, pepperoni, Mm -hmm. sausage, and spicy beef. Oh, wow. It's a lot of meat. Here's the thing. In his drunken state, the guy opened up the customization menu. And whereas he thought he was building his own barbecue meat feast pizza, it was already built. It comes that way. When you order a barbecue meat feast pizza, all the toppings are on it. So this guy was trying to add cheese and bacon and ham and pepperoni and sausage and spicy beef. What he was actually doing was removing those toppings from an already built pizza. So Domino showed up and they delivered exactly what he ordered. It was a pizza crust cooked with barbecue sauce on it. (laughs) Nothing else. No meat, no cheese, no veg. <laughs> that is not, and that wasn't what he was craving. And you know, it was a drunk craving, so it was probably a disappointment. But he ate it. I bet you he ate it anyway. Uh, he probably did. You'll eat anything when you're drunk and hungry. Yeah. You know, I mean, let's be clear. You would probably eat the cardboard box <laughs> that it came in if you had to. Hot bread with barbecue sauce. Give me that. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm so hungry right now. I give all of that. I, one, and he, one, he gave a shout out to Papa John's, by the way. He said, thank you for honoring my post-pub late night order of accidentally removing every single item on a barbecue meat feast, thinking I was adding them. No, see, and I know he's crediting them, and that's great, but you know exactly what happened at Papa John's. Papa John's got that order in at who knows what time. Especially if it was like two o'clock in the morning. You know the guy was drunk and mistaken. It was definitely after midnight. Because you know, nobody orders a more expensive pizza and then removes the toppings. I mean, because you're still paying that base price for that meat lover's bonanza or whatever the fuck he ordered. Sure. So you know full well when you get that order in and you're the person working Papa John's in the middle of the night and you realize this person accidentally unchecked the boxes that were already checked instead of the other way, instead of he assumed that he was adding it. Let's fuck with them. <laughs> so I think that they could have fixed it knowing full well nobody would pay more money for less stuff. Nobody does that. Do you think they should have called them and said, yeah. hey, we got this order and it looks a little weird. We just want to confirm. Yeah. You just want a crust with barbecue sauce yeah. on it. I'm pretty sure that could have avoided all this. But hey, I also like attention to detail. Nobody wants to order something and then get something else. Yeah. They did exactly what he wanted, so you almost can't even fault Papa John's. They no. did what Papa John's does. Hey, fair is fair. You get what you order. I totally agree. But do I also agree they that, I mean, they should have called him and like, we should double check this person's not just like mistaken. I would probably give them a call and be like, did you mean to do that? That's funny. Ha ha. Because maybe they would be more appreciative if you did that. 
Maybe they should have sent like a, a couple of Ziploc bags on the side that had pepperoni and ham and sausage and ground beef in them. <laughs> Just in case. You know you paid for this, right? Because he did. That's the thing he paid for it. He put it in like a styrofoam box. Yeah. I wonder what a pizza place would do if you tried to do that. Order the pizza, but ask for all the toppings on, on the, the side. side. Yeah. I wonder if they would do that. Maybe. Coors Light experiencing a bit of an issue at their Ohio plant for some reason. Many of the beers that they've been selling lately are coming out like slime. Multiple videos are surfacing online of people who cracked open a cold Coors Light. Ooh, look at that. The mountains are blue. I'm ready for this one. Then you go to pour that beer down you and realize, hmm, this is actually more like a syrup than a beer. Now, Coors has not said what exactly is wrong here, but this issue is also affecting Keystone Light, which is also canned at the same facility. Miller Coors put out a statement saying they're aware of a quality issue, but they're not using the word recall because they claim there aren't any health risks. Really? There's no health risk to drinking a slimy, thick beer? What made it thick and slimy? That's a great question. They say all the beer in question came from the same bottling plant in Trenton, Ohio. That's near Cincinnati. So only stores in and around that area are immediately affected. They say anyone who gets a bad batch can return it for a full refund. I imagine this happened well in the cans because the quality you would think you would. I mean, I'm just assuming based on what I know from large food production companies and the quality checks that they go through that this would have been detected being canned right if it was the case so something happened inside the can after the fact so obviously something's in there it's really gross too guys if you want to look up the videos do it do it look them up it's like oh nothing would turn me off from a beer more than if i cracked a can of beer which i don't do often i'm not a big beer drinker but if i did and i was like yeah it's a hot summer day that's when i crave a beer crack it open and i pour it into the glass and it came out as like jelly syrupy grossness one person called it snotty drool yeah i'm done you know (laughs) yep i'm done it's not happening again you know what that's probably still better than some of the shittiest beers people have ever drank you know what though i have been to some places like the craft brewery types like the you guys gotta try our new blend and i'm just like what It's not good. Oh, no. There are some really bad beers out there, and I feel like it's getting worse. I don't know how lucrative the beer-making industry is. And full credit to somebody who comes up with a great recipe and gets into business selling their craft beer. Good for you. But you should be honest with yourself. If it's trash, don't sell that to people. Somebody will mistakenly buy that at the LCBO Crack it open one day, go to take a swig and end up on the floor puking their guts out because it's that bad. It's good to just give people the option and not put it in their face. And and I, I and those beers, yes, and also like the homemade wines too. Oh, that's bad. Because it's there's I've had some that are great, but I've also had some that are absolutely horrible. And I'm in front of the person that made it. And how am I supposed to say I can't? I have to drink it. Typically with beer, I like a lager. That's my favorite kind. Lately, though, I don't know what happened. Somebody offered me one. I drank it and I liked it. I'm drinking Labatt Blue again. Labatt. Good old-fashioned blue. <laughs> that re- it's so funny when you say those words. I go back to the early 90s. with my. That's what my parents used to drink. Yeah, all the blue, yeah. please. Like, I remember the cans, like mostly because I was the beer fetcher as a kid. <laughs> 
one of the beer fetchers. Uh huh. I would fetch them for my uncles and my aunts, and I just go to the fridge, get a cold beer for them, no problem. And Labatt Blue is one of the ones that I can like. When you say that, I literally picture. My old house by the swimming pool. People drinking Labatt Blues. That and Wildcats. Are they? Do they still exist? I don't think Wildcats <laughs> still around. But if you try hard enough and fly far enough west, you can still get a Kokanee, for example. Kokanee. That was another one. It's a great beer. Holy shit, that's a throwback. Wow. Okay, so you're into the Labatt Blues, are you? Well, it's weird because Labatt Blue was such a popular beer, like you said, and then it died off the face of the earth. If if you were out somewhere like even five years ago and said i'd like a labat blue please people would be like you sure about that really (laughs) let me see if we have any in the back i don't know that we carry that anymore but now (laughs) you just came out of a time machine it's actually becoming trendy again and i'm here for it it's good decent beer all right and it's cheap if you haven't had a labat blue lately 24 cans for 43 dollars Good deal. Did we mention the cheap beer yesterday on the podcast that's that's in Waterloo Region? Oh, next no, week? but we should, actually. Okay, listen, If even if you're nearby or you know someone nearby Waterloo Region, um, Waterloo Brewing, great spot, is selling 100 cans of beer. Is it cans or bottles? Okay, so if you read the, the fine print on it, yeah. it's 96 bottles and four cans. Okay, so 96 bottles and four cans equaling 100 beers for $100. And it's just, I think it's pretty much to celebrate the first day of summer, right? Because it's happening on Tuesday. Yeah, it is for the first day of summer. Okay, so look it up, guys. We kid you not. Show up, pop your trunk, and put those bad boys in there. Is there a limit? Like a quantity limit? Like what if someone pulls up and it's like, I'll take $500 worth? Yeah, I think that they're prepared for that. And, and there is a couple of asterisks here. So we'll circle back to that. Okay, but okay. with this beer deal, because the one thing I paid attention to all day was a beer deal. Guys, Buck a Beer is actually here in Ontario again for one day only. Yeah. It's 96 bottles and four cans. It's Laker Light or Laker Lager. Maker or a Laker. You got it. It's uh, <laughs> it's $100 plus deposit. So whatever the deposit works out okay. to on 100 beers. Gotcha. But obviously you take them back and you get your money back mm-hmm. for that deposit. It is a great deal. I think it's fabulous that they're doing that and... I don't know that there's a limit because what they're doing is the first hundred people that buy it get a special gift. Then there's going to be a hundred more gifts for random people throughout the day that come in. They're going to set up, they're going to have a barbecue going, grilling dogs up and everything. Well, you come in to grab yourself a hundred beers. Wow. There's a distinct possibility that on Tuesday (laughs) I'm bringing my truck and going home with 300 cans of beer. <laughs> it's honestly, it's a really good deal when you think about it. Because I'm thinking to the summertime when we, d- we do host a lot. We host a lot and I do have a lot of beer drinking friends and family members. And if I think about all the trips I take to the beer store throughout the summer to buy for other people, it's well over $100. So why would I not spend $100 plus deposit with a hot, buying 100 beers? I would be set for a long time. So I think I'm going to pull up. Okay. I don't want to shit on any beer. But it's Laker, and Laker isn't typically the beer you hand out to people when they come over. It's one of those beers that you drink and stuff like that. It, really? It, so if I hand you, if I hand a beer drinker a Laker, that's no good. Oh, like, I'll drink almost anything. Okay. Including Labatt Blue. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, Laker isn't considered a high-end beer, but it's a fine beer. And it's light or lager. You might get a little bit of both in there. I'm not even sure. But either way... 
It's uh, just buy some solo cups, too. And if somebody comes over and wants a beer, just pour it in the cup and hand it to them. See, that's what I'm thinking, too, because it happens so often where we just have like out of nowhere people over and they stay later than I think. And I'm like, I'm running out of shit. I don't know. It just feels like for that price point, it's a good deal. It's a great deal. I'm totally going to do it. I uh, I'll probably pick them up and sell them for 200. (laughs) (laughs) You could do that, actually, couldn't you? Somebody will. Not legally, but you could do that. Somebody is absolutely going to find that loophole. And if you're coming from farther away, bring the whole family. Bingham's is right across the street. It's a great place. Yesterday, this clown of idiots in Ottawa came out to do a news conference. It's Dominic LeBlanc and Omar Algabra and is it Yves Jean Duclos that uh, the the fucking health minister. By the way, they all sound like like 007 villains. Like when you say all those names, that's what I think of. Oh, cat! They're these people are just a motley crew. <laughs> it, it is just. Algabra, what's his name? <laughs> like every time you say those names, I don't know why I instantly think of those. Like villains on movies. Maybe they're perfectly nice people. They probably are. Maybe they're fun to hang around with, but they have just said so much dumb shit over the last two years that it's impossible to take any of them seriously. So here is yesterday's major announcement and historic day in Canadian history. Our top priority continues to be the health and safety of all Canadians. And our commitment to work together with provinces and territories to keep Canadians safe remains unchanged. As the warmer weather arrives, we know that across the country, Canadians are looking forward to seeing friends and family and enjoying the outdoors. Today's announcement is possible because Canadians have stepped up to protect each other. We are now able to adjust our policy because we have followed consistently the best advice from public health authorities. I mean, let me, let me just stop this, this guy right here. It was reported yesterday that Dr. Teresa Tam, Dr. Tam <laughs> actually recommended to the government two months ago to remove these mandates. What? Two months ago, she recommended you can do it. Remember when she was saying it's time to what? start looking at eliminating all mandates? She said that and then she never said it again because I'm assuming that she got called into Justin's office and got a ruler across the, the knuckles. Uh, what, what, what happened to following the science, which is it, arguably Teresa Tam? Political science. That's all they do. It's yeah, political science. On. It's not actual science. Uh, the science said along the minute we found out, which was back in December, that the vaccine does not stop transmission. The mandates were useless. They kept them in until, well, they're going to wait till after Father's Day and make people suffer. Here's the rest of the announcement. But we need to make sure we are ready for the fall. And our best protection against COVID-19 is being properly vaccinated. If you haven't gotten your vaccines or your booster yet, I encourage you to do so. I know that Canadians may wonder, is this too fast? Or is this too slow? Yeah. It has been very tough for Canadians these past two years. No shit. Our job as a national (laughs) government has always been to keep Canadians safe. That's a lie. If the situation takes a turn for the worse, we are prepared to bring back the policies necessary to protect Canadians. Oh, yeah. So they say... That this is a suspension of the mandates, but they might bring them back. And he also had a very, very interesting word there. If you listen very carefully, he indicated that you should have all 
of the shots that you're eligible for. So the conventional thinking here is that what these guys are going to do is they're going to lose the mandates now and then come fall when COVID comes back, and presumably it will, then they can reinvoke the mandates and they can change the definition of vaccinated to be three shots and likely include even kids under five who will be eligible for a shot. No thanks, Dominic. No thanks. As soon as you impose it, as soon as you make it mandated, you lose the room. Make it optional. Let people do whatever they want to do for their own health. But stop this lie that you're doing it for each other because you're not doing it for each other. And you guys have known that for months. You have done this just trying to get a, a leg up on the opposition. You want to look like the party that's protecting people's health. Mm -hmm. The problem is we're all smart people. Most are smart people. Most people can see that what you're doing is playing a game. You've got the old people on your side. They're all worked up and worried about COVID because they're the ones who are most vulnerable to COVID. Everybody else is on to you guys and they know you're full of shit and you have been for a very long time. We don't regret at all being cautious when it comes to a virus that has tragically killed tens of thousands of Canadians and millions of people around the world. That line is in there because he's already being defensive. Acting prudently has saved lives, and we will always continue to be cautious. And that means they will trample your freedoms at every turn possible, and they will say... It's because of science. That's all that means. Listen, if you missed the announcement yesterday, I'm not going to play any more of this horse shit, but I'll tell you that the you can watch it, by the way. Go to CPAC or Global News or any of those places on YouTube if you want to watch the whole collection of bullshit. But I'll tell you, the government is suspending COVID vaccine mandates for domestic and outbound international travel starting Monday. They're also lifting the regulation that required federally regulated workplaces to place unvaccinated staff on unpaid leave or let them go. This is almost a little poetic. Remember when Doug did the same shit in Ontario and, and we had to let go all those hospital staff, but then we ended up in a crisis because there were so many people going mm -hmm. to the hospital in January at the end of Delta and the beginning of Omicron. And then we actually needed all of those people that we let go. Well, now we need to bring back all of those airport employees, all of those unvaccinated airline staff. We need them to fix the mess that the government created at the airports. So now those villains, those evil people, the misogynists and all that, what was it, whatever Justin was called them all. Uh, now we need them. You're going to be the heroes that get the airports flowing <laughs> properly again. Yeah, If they want to come back. If they want to come back. And I'm sure that there's some who will. Yeah, but they're probably going to come back on their own terms. They're going to set their own hours. They're going to decide how long they want to stay. That's fine. I'm glad that we're bringing some people back, but there is still a lot of mandates in place that need to be looked at. You will need to still use the Arrive Can app because for some reason, the government what? wants digital data on your travels. Yeah. You also still need to wear a mask. I personally don't have a problem with it. I'm in favor of making a choice for yourself, but I probably would wear a mask on an airplane because I don't want COVID or fucking in any other virus that's probably circulating around in yeah, an airplane. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, airplanes are one of the places that we mentioned too, like hospitals, long-term care settings, any doctor's offices. And I know some of those are in place. Great. I'm always going to do it. 
The CEO of TripCentral.ca says he expects demand for vacation packages to instantly rise by at least 10% on news that the vaccine mandates have been paused. Richard Vanderloob, that's a great name, Vanderloob. Vanderloob? Yep. Wow. Says Canada was one of the last places, if not the only place, that still had these rules. He expects their removal is going to vault business back to pre-pandemic customer levels. Yeah, I think the only thing that could stop that is the economy. A lot of people are just not sure what to do, if they should be saving or spending right now. Great point. And I had this conversation with a couple different people through the last week, knowing that this announcement was was likely to come. And I'm still not sure. And I had a great conversation, actually, over DMs. Thanks for always sending us DMs, your thoughts on our conversations. We appreciate it. Um, and one of them was similar, right? I want to travel, but I don't know. I'm unsure. Prices, this is one thing. And also, are the airports going to remain busy? And it's kind of, it's interesting because... I instantly thought, oh, no, the airports are going to be more busy. But if they remove some of this stuff out of the equation that we have to go through, do you see it being more busy because now more people can travel? Or do you see it being kind of less busy because those things are removed and will be back to regular as long as the staffing levels can be caught up? Like, I'm not sure what to expect here now throughout the months of July and August, for example. Yeah, I think it's going to be probably fairly consistent with what it is now. There's a lot of unvaxxed people that are dying to travel, and that's good. I think it's going to be busy. Like, regardless, it's going to be one of those shit show air. I should say I shouldn't say one of those because this is the first time we've ever experienced something like this. But it is going to be a gong show. I think that that's what we can expect if we're even able to travel. And like Scott mentioned, that's another thing that's brought up is I don't know. I don't know if I can afford it. Gas prices are going up. Inflation is going up. We're hearing interest rates are going up. Like maybe I'll take that vacation money that I've been waiting years, by the way, to use. There's a lot of people that have saved up waiting for this moment that now we're like, well, I'm unsure of what my uh, life is going to look like because of all these prices going up. And I hear that, by the way. Me too. I, I, I've, I've makes, made some changes, you know, where I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm saying, you know what, let's delay that because mm-hmm. I'm un- very unsure. A lot of people are, yeah. are, they don't know which way to go. Yeah. And when you see this crew up here, just just flat out lying to people and spinning shit. I mean, it's just gross what they're doing. It doesn't exactly instill a lot of confidence that these people are the steady hand on the till that we need right now to get us out of this. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I think travel is going to be busy. I think your best bet, though, if you're going anywhere is go to stay with family and friends. If you've got family in France, go to France, stay with your family and friends. That's good. Or Caribbean, book a a vacation package, uh, do a cruise, that sort of thing. Those are good vacations because you get the accommodation taken care of and hotels are expensive in some places right now and you don't need a rental car and that's so out of this world expensive right now. Yeah, your budget is kind of set when you do those package deals, right? You you know what you're spending in advance and you spend it up front. There are small... There are small things you have to pay for in between, for sure. But yeah, like budget-friendly, at least you know exactly what you're in for in advance. We will, uh, I have no doubt, talk about this more in the future. And we're also going to talk more about the inquiry that's happening right now into the um, the Freedom Convoy. Yesterday, the finance minister, Christian Freeland, was out. And, and although nobody can explain what Marco Mendicino how he still has a job is beyond me. Nobody can explain what he was saying when he said that the police asked for the Emergencies Act. Yesterday, Minister Freeland said we had to do it because the reputation of the Canadian economy was at stake. <laughs> were you really worried about the reputation of the Canadian economy or were you worried about your reputation? 
people rebelling against government. I think it's the latter. And by the way, nothing could be worse for the Canadian economy and confidence in the Canadian economy than arbitrarily freezing people's bank accounts. That does not do anything to instill confidence. So we're going to talk about that at some point in the near future and a whole bunch of other things too. Check us out tomorrow for another episode of After 9 and have yourselves a great day. Bye-bye. The new study found that staring at yourself during Zoom calls can put you in a bad mood. (laughs) You know what else uh, about Zoom calls put you in a bad mood? Being on Zoom calls. Since stocks are all down, I saw that CNN suggested investing in baseball cards. Did you hear this? Yeah. I guess their chief financial strategist is a 10-year-old from 1986. (laughs) Then to battle rising food prices, they recommend eating the gum inside the pack of baseball cards. Mick Jagger announced he tested positive for the coronavirus, and Keith Richards announced that's the only thing he's tested negative for. (laughs) House Speaker Nancy Pelosi over the weekend appeared on an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. Either that, or she didn't, and that person should win. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.